that, you know, just, just that decision-making process and dealing with the other drivers around you. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of things that happen in like splits of a second. Right. If I just take a example of like your average road car, right? Uh, we have like yield yielding right of way. You have like your stop signs. So this is just to control uh, the people from not using so much of their decision making process because it's very different from person to person, right? You can Hi everyone and welcome back to the Sporting Global Podcast and today I'm here with Atarva and Atarva first of all thanks for taking the time and how's how's everything going these days? Well it's going pretty good lots of work that's going on the new year just started so a lot of opportunities that have come up so gotta seize all of them while we can don't we? Absolutely yeah no I mean like new year new opportunities right just gotta <laughs> make the most out of it and I mean like for for you that's that that's a lot on the on the on the track right like a lot of opportunities coming there uh, a lot of a lot of racing coming soon so you know that's gonna be of course of course yeah definitely looking forward to it and and i mean like i think i think you know we're just gonna dive right into it why don't you why don't you talk a bit about you know your passion for racing and formula you know how, how did that essentially come to life for you like take us a little bit through how it how this passion came to life yeah, of course. Uh, first, I started my interest in racing when I was around, what, seven years old? Around, I was just watching it on TV, but I didn't actually get into racing until I was around nine years old. Yeah, uh, I was very huge on football, uh, soccer, as we call in the U.S., but right. it's it was my favorite sport by far. I was doing like all-stars. I did regionals up to nationals, yeah. so I had a lot of fun with that. Then I really got into the part of racing because the track that I went to had a height restriction, and I didn't know anything about cadet cars or like very small drivers. So right. I had to wait until my height grew up a little bit more <laughs> until I could actually sit in the car. Yeah, but yeah. once I sat inside, it was like it was no going back. It was right. the best time of my life, right? Yeah. So. I, I first told my dad that, hey, I want to be in this car that I pointed on TV, which was I was watching Formula One at the time during the Michael Schumacher era. Ooh, and yeah. that was like one of the best racing I've seen in my life. Right. right. And, you know, a nine year old or a seven year old can't get into a Formula One car. So the next best thing was get inside the go kart. So there there I go. started getting more and more into it. I practiced almost three, four days a week. Uh, and I was building up to get that championship level, get that all, get that all settled, get, uh, try to get first place. That was my ultimate goal. And right. sooner or later, after that much of practice, I did it, got my first place in the championship, uh, my second, uh, second season. Cause in my first season, I had a racing school and yeah. basically it was a three day racing school just to get me sorted in the basics. Right. And when I graduated on a Sunday, coincidentally, the next event was a league race. Mm. So I actually hopped into that league race and I got absolutely demolished <laughs> because I had no I had no sense of racing, but I came a respectable ape. Uh, yeah. So it was it was a real it was a really good experience for me. And I actually yeah. got to know the fundamentals of racing and how how the real competition works. So after the the long winter break, that's when I started practicing and yeah. right back into spring break, 
uh, I mean, spring season, I won that championship. And then I went into the Supercard Championship and won that. So yeah. that's when I said, okay, I really am into racing. And uh, my parents gave their full support. And all yeah. thanks to them, that's where I am at right now. There you go. I mean, like, that's that, that's a great story. And I mean, like, I think, think more or less everyone kind of starts with football or soccer, you know, kind yeah. of as a base. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but no, it's, it's amazing to see kind of like, you know, just, just that passion for, for, for driving and formula. Right. And I, I think everyone can kind of also remember Michael Schumacher and his great accomplishments. So, you know, it's definitely course, a role model. Yeah role model to look after i'm sure and absolutely and, yeah you know talk a little bit about you know just you know the journey the process of becoming a formula driver right because obviously it's, it's a bit you know maybe new complicated for for a lot of people to talk a little bit about you know that that process from like obviously you know starting in go-karting you know building your way up and you know okay now it's actually like you want to go formula become a formula driver like what are what is the journey and process around that yeah, of course. The there's like like the avenues of racing you can take are limitless. Uh, like you've seen, like most people have seen on TV, you can either go through single seaters, which means the Formula Series. You can go through the Endurance Championship. You can go rally. You can do right. stock cars. There's a lot of avenues one can take, and sure. but the process of racing still stays stays the same. Yeah. Of where yeah. you should practice at first a common base ground level to prove your talents and right. that obviously right. is go-karting now yeah. me being uh, a first generation in the u.s my parents actually came to the u.s they moved from india to the u.s a year before i was born so yeah. even they had no idea about if their son is going to try pursuing race car driving right <laughs> so right. Uh, it was sort of there sort of didn't come as a thought so a lot of the avenues that that exist right now we didn't think existed even though that might might not be the case but for me the best thing i can really suggest is start by going to a go-kart track uh i know like all the very top tier drivers or any driver they really start getting into like cadet driving or having their own go-kart and running on a track uh, right. where I started was an indoor go-karting track oh, okay. so a very so it's an arrive and drive place just like open for public but the same style of racing is still still exists there it was mm. one of the best places and I even had my teacher there who taught me everything that is to know and that's why I'm the racer I am today so right. I think the first step you get into is just understanding racing, get really into it. Yeah. If you have that passion, you're automatically going to get driven to it. Right. And once you start showing yourself a level of passion, then you can start thinking about going up to a higher stage. And my higher stage that I went to was I started owning my own go-kart and mm -hmm. we would travel down the East coast of the U S for okay. club races. Oh. That's when, that's when I start. So I live in Virginia. And so that's just near the capital of the US. And we would go up north in New York or down south in South Carolina. So quite a long drive, uh, take a car, tow our cart and start going for weekends. Yeah. So one of the best times and after I started learning that there is a that there's a sort of passion for me. And there's also I have real good talent that I've made use. That's when I started taking it to the next level. 
but before but before this like there's the segment between transitioning from go-karts and whether you want to go into single seaters whether you want to go to endurance cars or cup cars right yeah. so there is a so it depends from person to person since my dream is to get into single seaters i immediately said no i want to get into the single seaters formula formula cars right oh, yeah. so that was my decision and mm. it was so i started at the age of 16 so this is when my my uh mentality was a lot more mature mm. i was not uh i was not just a 13 year old getting in a car and just having fun it was right. sort of me saying okay i'm holding a real piece of machinery this is yeah. something i need to take calmly and this is something it's it's not uh it's not cheap either so right. there's a right. there's a lot right. of factors that turn into this but yeah. you don't want to hop into uh a full-size car like maybe a cup car or go for a competition when you don't uh, understand the implications and risks of it sure. Sure. then you can go then there's a lot of problems you can face so i think the one part you can really start hopping and hopping and transitioning into the big cars the single seaters is when you start having that real maturity out of yourself mm -hmm. and really get that gut feeling from inside saying okay i know i'm ready then we can start going for that next uh, stage. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes make, makes total sense. And thanks for kind of you know, I mean, like explaining the the, the different varieties of, of pathways, right? You can take your right, own yeah, involved, right. And and I think that's a this really really valid point. And you talk a little about the the cost, but but let's let's talk a little about you know. Obviously, you you mentioned in the beginning, kind of like you know, you gotta learn the basics, you know, of, of racing and driving. But talk a little about you know. What are some of the requirements and skills you need to become a professional formula driver? Like when you, once you kind of like, okay, I'm going to go this single, single seated, you know, pathway, like what are some of the skills and requirements you need to, to be, become a professional? Of course, the, I would say the number one thing right now is, well, when you're just starting off into getting into full size cards, as I mentioned, is right. still have a maturity. You should have that mental strength enough to know that I'm driving one of these cars. It's no joke. And I'm here to take this seriously. Right. And the thing that the thing most people or most watchers of motorsport racers don't really understand too much is the amount of mental fatigue that you get throughout a race. It's right. incredibly high, even though it's on paper, it seems just turn a wheel when the turn goes left. <laughs> right. It's not that hard, but, but the, but you're here fighting for hundreds of thousands of a second. And yeah. that sort of precision is like, it's absolutely minute. And that's where the, the racing field's only split by like half a second if you get really good racing. So even a hundredth of a second matters. Now, when you get, when you start getting into the, let's take formula cars, for example, uh, the skill set that you really need to understand, right, is first, you need to have like the mental strength to do it, as I said, you should have physical strength, because you're going to get a lot of G's on your right. body, especially yeah. the brakes, you need to break for a very experienced driver, you need to break at around, uh, I think 100 bar, and not sure, because PSI, I know the exact uh, amount, but you have to break very hard, if you want to slow the car down very effectively, right? And the third thing is by experience, you need to have a very good understanding of downforce, uh, mm. understanding your arrow, understanding the capabilities of your car. That is the, that's the limit that sort of 
gut feeling that goes, okay, I can really push the car with more speed through this corner. Yeah. Now we have data, data analytics to really help a driver say, yeah, I think you can carry about five more kilometers through this corner. Uh, just how about you break just a little bit later, keep the same braking pressure you can, keep the same duration, but just turn a little bit more. And it's just that skills that really you really start to get into, but you have to be very uh, understandable of there are so many different styles of racing, so many different styles of uh, of using the car to your advantage. So you need to be able to adapt to any sort of uh, situation on that front. Right. So, yeah, that's that's just uh, there's a lot of skills if you want to just get into racing. Right. But I would right. say that uh, like and let's take formula cars, for example, the engines are no more no faster formula four cars. They're no faster than the cars that you drive on the road. It's not it's not too much faster it's just tuned for racing the sort mm -hmm. the moment you understand that and you say okay it's not really a fast car so i can really conceptually understand that okay through a corner if i were to carry this amount of speed using the amount of downforce that's present to me how much the car is asking for me right. that's where that's where the start the start of getting your fine line of skills start hmm. so interesting yeah, there's a lot of things that uh, get into it, but it all comes down to gut feeling. Uh, right. The moment you moment you rely on your instincts, but also have a, a good head on your body and understand that, okay, I can intelligently maneuver through a corner, but I feel my heart is saying something else. I can right. at least try it under a safe circumstance. Yeah, and I mean, like, it's 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 like a balance, right? Because between like the technique and like the mental right because i mean mm -hmm. like at the end of the day you're dealing with extremely heavy you know technical fast you know cars and pathways and you know not just only to add to like okay the vehicle itself but you also have you know the other players right or the other drivers Correct. For, for that matter right so it's not just okay i have to kind of you, you obviously you know okay i have to take this turn and i have to you know the optimized you know way to 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 do the turns and the and, and the corners and and the pathways right but then what if you have a you know driver in front in front of you behind you like are they trying to pass you like all, all this seems like a very you know interesting uh you know very fast kind of decision making process um, absolutely talk yeah. a little bit about i guess in a sense the those kind of you know more on the decision-making process in the race, because I mean, like, I, I think that's very, uh, as you know, like we kind of see this from the outside, right? So it's kind mm -hmm. of, oh yeah, it's, you know, you, you have a car there, you have a front, you think it's like driving, right? But, but right. That's how, you know, just that decision-making process dealing with the other drivers around you. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of things that happen in like splits of a second. Right. If I just take an uh, example of like your average road car, right? Uh, we have like yield yielding right of way. You have like your stop signs. So this is just to control uh, the people from not using so much of their decision-making process because it's very different from person to person, right? You can't expect uh, an 80-year-old driver to have the same decision-making process as a 17-year-old, right? So that's why these things are in place. But in racing, everything is all fair game. It's down to who has the most reaction time, who has the most hand-eye coordination, all right. these uh, all these sort of things, right? Yep. Uh, yep. The number one thing when you get 
let's say there's a car in front of you, you do have to have the understanding of like, okay, here I am in a slipstream that's a straight. There's like a couple hundred meters until the until the breaking point. So let's uh so then you just have to have a judgment while you're racing behind someone saying, okay. I'm about I'm about two three meters behind the car. I bet I can take a a very nice I can overtake him in the next corner. But these things have to be very fast. Right. Whether it's also on a turn, right? It's like let's say an opportunity of overtaking comes like within a second. You have to have that mentality and that reaction time to say, okay, this is safe. I need to go for it. But mm -hmm. you should also not be convoluted by the judgment that, oh, what if he crashes into me? What if I mess up? You shouldn't have that second of doubt. So mm -hmm. there is in that split second, I would say like half a second, right? Or a split second. You have you have to fight your judgment to um, mm -hmm. your judgment of pressuring you to not overtake, but also have the resolve to overtake. So yeah. you have these two things layering on top of each other, but you have to say, you have to have your like sort of justice system in your head and say, nope, I think this is a good, good, good pass. And then you go to your, your head, go to your hands, overtake and stick that, uh, stick that overtake. So a lot of things that happen there. And you kind of just have to go for it. Right. Like, yeah, like you can't waste, like, as you were saying, the kind of like that, that, that second doubt or that second, like, oh, is this really the way to go? Right. And then at that point it's already too late. You know, you kind of, Okay, now it's the next turn, but but I mean, like I guess that happens too in a sense. Um, and obviously now you're currently driving Formula Three. Uh, talk a bit about you know some of your key highlights so far, and talk a bit about also like what are some of your upcoming goals for for the season for 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 the future of your career. Sure, uh, I think one of the greatest highlights, right? Uh, I've been doing Formula Four since I was. 16 and then i just recently graduated uh going into formula 3 now during this time i was i mean we did have the pandemic hit so it was already a huge hit on most of the racers and a lot of the sport as well so right. but i think one of the best things is during that time there was all racing that was closed down uh a lot of people were also struggling financially even mm -hmm. we were saying okay we're going to hold on to a little bit of money uh, there's a lot of, a lot of factors that went on, but we were pretty well off, uh, during that time. We said yeah. we shouldn't, uh, let's just not try to step into things because one thing I really learned about motorsport racing is not only is it expensive, but you really have to extract the value of that seat time. Uh, like take a, in a weekend, you shouldn't just, uh, sit in the car, get out and call it a day. You extract everything that you possibly can from that weekend. Right. Right? right so i think the biggest highlight for me is uh when i first started uh when i first debuted in my formula four career uh i actually went to a racing school where i drove mustangs so it was a six-speed mustang that i just had to understand how full-size car works that's what i was yeah. recommended to do sure. so i did a skip barber class just at new jersey and yeah. What I did is I had navigated across the track, really understood it, understood the fundamentals of the car and the track. Right after the day I graduated on that third day, I had uh, my formula car ready for me. And I had, a, I had a racing team who said, we want to put you in the car and see how you do, right? So to date, this, uh, this track in New Jersey called New Jersey Motorsports Park, definitely one of my favorite tracks that I've been to. And 
I sat in the car for the first time and that was the first time when I started driving with instinct. Uh, it was really a sort of trance I was in through there and I was really getting that car. It was just all through gut feeling. It's I'm just wrestling that car, but also being extremely smooth with it and really, un really understanding how the car feels, how I feel and getting the best possible time. So I ended up getting the best time uh, out of that uh, out of that session. And it was definitely a huge confidence booster for me, right? Even though uh, even though one time I, I spun uh, just on track, uh, no damage to that car on that side, but yeah. I really started getting, okay, can I test the limits of this? And then I ended up spinning. So yeah. I said, okay, now I understand this right. is the limit I have to not cross. Right. So <laughs> so that that's the sort of like, wow, realization point, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one of the second things is, uh, uh, one thing I'll go to is I actually went to the UK and I, I drove the GB4 cars. So we have the US Formula 4 cars and then the GB4 cars, okay. which so they're quite, they're different makes. So it was something that I was not used to, but right. uh, that's when, that's when I was around uh, in 1819 that I really got a firm understanding and really learned my weapon of adaptability that mm. uh, like I can quickly adapt to any sort of setup that I can. And that's okay. where, that's where I really understood. Well, wow, I was given like completely different cars. And even in the UK, I was also given a completely different setup. And I said, wow, okay, I really got the best time just by adapting to these things. So uh, it's like, so then sooner or later, it became a pattern. So I said, okay, now I really have to understand that, yeah, I have an experience in racing. I'm definitely a fast person. And the next areas I go to, that's when I have to use that weapon to my to my best ability. Right. But during that time, uh, during that time, that's when COVID hit. So uh, all the racing series were already closed. So my opportunity there was gone from that part. But now going into 2023, I have a lot of plans on that side. Just a few months ago, I went to Malaysia and I drove on the Formula One track there. So I but I drove the Southeast Asia Formula Four cars. So, again, a very different feel. So right. the car was, I had to really reach out for the steering wheel. So it was a lot different than the GB4s, which are really close to your chest. So you use your forearms to really drive. And and the Southeast Asia cars, your hands are like literally out here. So you have to use your chest, a lot of it to really turn. So right. a lot of, so when I sit in the car, I say, okay, I need to feel, I need to feel how the car is feeling. I said, wow, this is quite different, but I definitely understood it. I got, I pushed myself to a limit and I even had my time, uh, time related, not related compared to past Ferrari driver Academy racers. Uh, just two months ago when I raced there, the Ferrari driver Academy with the same cars and the same track, they were able to get on the car and set some lap times. And I was within the top five of the competition of the Ferrari driver Academy, but, uh, the track wasn't as good, but definitely I saw myself. Yeah, I have some room to improve, but I'm really happy that I'm here up to competition spec. Right. So, so after that, that's when I got my hands really wet, ready for a racing series. So in 2023, I plan to either go into GB4. Uh, that would be a really good option. Either that or go for an Asian Formula 4 championship. Okay. One 
One thing that I really want to do as well, I'm doing Formula 4 because all of Formula 3 as well is very, it's expensive on that side, but you've got, you have a lot more value for your time and your dollar, right? right. But right. the next, but one Formula 3 I really want to do and I'm looking forward to is the Formula 3 in India, which will happen in November. So me being Indian and, but born in the US, it's really a sort of, pride for me to say okay I can uh, race in India in Formula 3 on tracks that I'm pretty familiar with so nice. uh, that's something I'm very excited for and nice. but yeah of course through these things I'm not doing anything between races uh, there's a lot of back-end things I'm working on especially whether it is growing my YouTube channel whether it is working on my career in motorsport engineering or whether it's really understanding how well about finance and the way the world works. So there's a lot of things that are really necessary for any growing person or growing yeah. boy. So a lot of things I'm learning and uh, yeah, life will take me that way. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean like really, really nice segue to kind of like the, the next question here in terms of obviously, you know, you're also been focusing us, you were saying a lot on learning, you know, just the mechanical side, like the, the more technical side not necessarily you know the driving side but just understanding you know the aerodynamics the the g's the the car and the just being in that space right like talk a little about you know what has some been some of your key lessons so far and a little bit about how this kind of i would say like the other perspective of the industry and what you're part of like have helped your career you know so far on on the on the track as well Right. The one thing that I would really say is racing. One thing that I realized uh, when I was in high school or like when I realized at a young age, I said, racing is not just the only thing that happens in the world. There's well, the life is so what I learned the hard way. Life is so much more complex than that. Yeah. Uh, me, me being a, a driver, not as um, not as like, how should I say, financially blessed as many of the other drivers. There's a lot of things for me to really learn. That gives me the opportunity to really learn about the world and really understand that not everything is about sitting in a car and having a stable life with it and doing what you love, right? right? The one the one thing I said is I'm very interested in the field of motorsports. And I truly believe that this is the path and career I want to take, whether it's I just need to be near a car. That's uh, that was my requirement, but I would love to be the driver. Yeah. But what I, what I told myself and what my parents told me is uh, that educa education is extremely important, right? No matter what uh, the base requirement is, you need a degree and you need to have a field of expertise. Yeah. And I completely agree with that. That's a very huge tradition when it comes to people in India. It's you need to get as educated as you can and then you can really get into the hardships of life and the world, right? I, t I said, okay, I'm in the US. Uh, I basically have, the, the US is a place of limitless opportunity. So there's a lot of options for me to go to college, get what I want to learn. But ultimately I said, uh, I want to get into learning about motorsport racing. Right. Right. I that's my ultimate goal. I want to get as close to race as I can. I want to be a driver, but I also want to learn what's happening in the machinery inside my car. Mm -hmm. So for that reason, when I was in senior year, I applied to Oxford Brooks University in the UK. 
And I got my admission in it. And I took my degree in motorsport technology, which focuses on the 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 technical aspect, the mechanical aspect, and even the physics and math aspect of of a car on track, uh, mostly the formula cars. Yeah. So, so these things, so I put, uh, it's my third year now, and I'm going into my fourth year next year, and I'll graduate. But within these times, I really understood a lot about the car, how it's feeling, how it's, how I can really use the setup of a car to my advantage for that even a hundreds of thousands of a second. Right. And what I think the one of the most uh, knowledgeable things you can do and one of the most necessary things uh, a driver can do is learn to properly communicate with their mechanic. Right. So right. that's if I if I go to my I mean, personally, I would feel really embarrassed if I got out of a car and I went to my mechanic and said, my car isn't turning right enough. Uh, I would I would feel really embarrassed if I said that. I would go, okay, so uh, well, what can we do? And if he says, oh, we can maybe try to turn the camber. Maybe we can maybe you can try to shift your driving technique to something else. And I would just sit there like, what is a camber? What's a driving technique? I don't want to do that. Right. So I So I really said, okay, let's learn about what all I can do with a car. How can I optimize my setup? And even though I have less seat time than most of the other drivers on the grid, I'm going to use my weapon of adaptability and also my knowledge of setting the car how I want it to my advantage and win the, and win the races. And that's, and that's how it even went through. in uh, when I went to Malaysia, I, I, directly told my engineer okay this is exactly what i need uh, i want to try i want to try like a little more i, I want to try a little more caster on one of the uh one of the turns i feel like i'm not turning enough i think the weight balance is a little different so a lot of uh, a lot of things i got to talk to him and conversely i even got to learn as he is uh as he's doing the actual mechanics of fixing the car right. so right. so that, that's just the sort of thing that I say, okay, this is the real value I'm getting, not only as a driver, but really understanding as a mechanic how they feel and how the team feels and how I can really maximize that. Right. So that's just uh, that's one thing that was my biggest inspiration into going into motorsport racing engineering. I think this makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, like become an expert in your field, you know, understanding Plus, plus from your side, I mean, like, you're not just understanding it from the outside, like you're literally in there driving it too. So you can kind of, you know, take the the pieces together, you know, like a, of course, yeah. a puzzle, you know, which is going to make more sense. And you're like, as you were saying, is that, okay, if your car is reacting a certain way or like, you know, with the turns or whatever that is, uh, you know, you can kind of pinpoint almost like where the issue is, you know, a bit faster. And that obviously will speed up communication, will speed up, you of know, work with the engineers. So I think, I think it makes a, makes a lot of sense, you know, so it's, it's good. It's always good to, 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 to know your field, you know, and what you're, whether that's as a driver or as a, you know, professional in the, in the business side of it, or as engineering mechanical uh, side as well. So to kind of wrap up here as well, mm -hmm. as we're getting close to the end here, uh, very, very br briefly, uh, what tips do you have, you know, for people looking to get a career in racing? And I would say, you know, both kind of like on and off the field, what kind of, you know, tips would you have uh, for them? 
Yeah, there's a lot of things you can really get from racing. A lot of life lessons, a lot of things that can really help you in the early stages of life. I yep. started racing when I was around nine, and I developed that maturity the moment I uh, I owned my first go-kart. I really got a sort of understanding of how rough the, the motorsport field is, uh, the sort of pressure I've gone from outside, uh, the sort of negative feeling I get from people who don't want me to succeed, which is very common. You want your competitors to not succeed. That's in all sports, right? But I think what makes racing so magical is you need to be a very big all-rounder. And this is just in, this isn't any, uh, I said this is just in most sports, but it's one of the most extreme feelings of understanding that you have to be an all-rounder, but you yeah. also have to learn how to take criticism, learn how to deal with negativity. And there's a lot of life lessons you can really learn from that at a young age. Yeah. And in any other sport as well, there is a lot of, it's the same thing. If you want to be a professional, you need to be a huge all-rounder. You need to be a very good talker, really understand the media. You want to understand the business aspect of things and you need to be the best in what you are. So a lot of things are on you, a lot of pressure that's on you. But I think in racing, what's very magical is that pressure is already on top of you the moment you step into professional grade karting. Mm. And the time you understand, like, yes, uh, I need to focus on my drive. I need to really keep that positivity to myself, keep myself hopeful. Right. It right. really helped me throughout my stages in life. Uh, yeah. I went to a private school uh, for two years, right? And it was probably the, like, I was bombarded with tests, homework. I had absolutely no time to myself. But I still had a mental strength enough to enough to do all of them on time understand that even though all these courseworks all these things i have is above my level i, le I already learned it the hard way while my friends were struggling i learned okay this is just the sort of pressure that i get every weekend right it's as long as i learn okay i need to budget my time have that maturity to say okay even though this is my problem how i can keep myself level-headed and fix it mm. so I think uh, that's the number one tip I can really give is make the best out of racing. The moment you step into a go-kart, you won't feel the pressure at first because you're first starting out. Really understand the basics of it. Really learn, okay, this is how I need to navigate a turn. Talk with people because at the earlier stages, they're all there to help. And then when you get into the professional grade karting, then you'll have to learn how to read people saying, okay, these people are people who really want me to succeed. Here are the people who want who are my competitors. So right. now is the sort of mind games that goes on that happens in the real world, happens in racing. And the earlier you learn that, the better you are in life. And that's Absolutely. something I truly believe. Absolutely. Well, with that, Otara, you know, I would like to thank you so much for taking the time for sharing your tips and insights with the sporting global community and uh, you know for those of you who've been here all the way at the end you know make sure to like the video subscribe as well so you get weekly tips every week and make sure to join the sporting global community and the sporting global platform if you haven't already it's free to sign up and you can always explore amazing courses at academy.sportingglobal.com so check that out and Atarva once again we have uh, just just a little uh, sporting global podcast tradition that we have to do so I have to Sure. Teach you a little bit Norwegian before we wrap up. Okay. All right. Yeah. Bet. So, so with every video we do, we always finish with vi snakkes, 
which means see you later in Norwegian. So that's what you have to say. Vi snakkes. There you go. Easy. Okay. Nice, nice. <laughs> I can speak right. Norwegian. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Atarva. Thank you. Thank you for my, Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our time here. Absolutely. Well, it's been a pleasure, and as always, vi snakkes. Vi snakkes.